You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, back with another roundtable discussion here on the Decoding Success Podcast. Right out of the gate, I'm going to introduce you to our amazing cast of guests who you've already met, but just doing the due diligence here and reintroducing my boy, Phil Massia. Thank you for joining the show. Steve Pell, appreciate you joining the show. My boy, Ant, joining the show yet again. Appreciate you, and I'm glad I got it right this time because we did go through a couple takes here of me fucking that up. But really excited to have you, Jen back for yet another episode as the feedback has been great so we're going to continue to do these and to jump right into things because we want to make people's time most valuable today we are talking about steve is very attentive right now because he still doesn't know the topic after we said it 21 fucking times but 21 21 21 21 <laughs> today we are talking about maintaining an underdog mentality throughout all that you do. And this topic has been very near and dear to me recently because um, very transparently, I'll say this very openly, as you may have seen on my social media, I have lost my underdog mentality at some parts of my life. And, you know, it could happen to any of us as we achieve our goals and we may even fail to recalibrate those goals, which makes us just live off ego and live off past accomplishments and live on this high note. Meanwhile, we should all be continuously striving for our greatest potentials. And um, that's exactly why you need to, you know, maintain that underdog mentality. This really came about from multiple conversations with Dean Graciosi. If you haven't had the opportunity to check out those episodes, I highly suggest you do so because they're super informative, super actionable, super, um, I, I wanna say he passes down an amazing amount of wisdom and experience. And we're talking about a guy that has surpassed the multi-million dollar mark, getting close to that $1 billion mark, working with the likes of Tony Robbins and beyond. So I highly, highly suggest you checking those out. But I'm just gonna throw the question out there. How do you guys feel about underdog mentality? Underdog mentality is something you don't just have and then it lingers off. It's something that you have for the rest of your life. Um, Underdog mentality is the reason why you first got into this. What was your what was your whole calling? What was you know the, the reason why you wanted to do anything in life? Run that marathon, build that business, go out with this girl, you know, find out the best version of yourself. The underdog mentality is really, really linked to your why. Why are you doing this? Why do you want to do it? What mark do you want to leave? And I think what happens is when we have that underdog mentality, we know that nobody's looking at us as the expert. No one's looking at us as the guy that's already done it. So we come into the game fresh and with something to prove. And now we have, you know, fire behind us. And now we go through life. We go through, you know, learning. We don't think too much of ourselves and we hit it head on. The moment that we start to achieve, and I've seen this people around me, I've even seen it in myself, the moment we start to achieve a little bit of success to the point where we feel a little bit comfortable and we lose why we even started this journey in the first place, all of a sudden now, 
you start to see that the results start to dampen. The amount of, you know, uh, I like to call it time collapsing, like getting getting closer to your goals and the amount of time you you spent to get there. You start to see that now that that starts to widen again. So why is it taking me this much longer just to get a little bit, you know, further? And it's because what you just said before about recalibrating your goals Mm -hmm. but you know what it is too it's because when we get comfortable it shows us why did we really want this in the first place if you said to yourself i'm going to build this business for xyz reason to have you know 100 clients and all of a sudden you got five clients i'm making this up you got 10 grand a month coming into you all of a sudden you're like "Hmm, this is pretty cool you know i got this coming in i'm going to sit back a little bit uh, the guys that keep the underdog mentality the whole entire lives, I really, really uh, look up to them. You know, I know why, because it shows you that they're in this for more than the money. Uh, there's guys out there who are millionaires and billionaires, and a lot of people on this planet are like, I don't fucking get it. Why is this guy still going? He still has all the money in the world. Why do it? And uh, you know what it is, man? He still has the underdog mindset. Uh, money is not what is the goal. It's his best self. And it's learning how far he could possibly go. So I think underdog mindset is everything. I think you never, you never, never should stray away from it. You never should lose it. And the minute you do, you're going to watch your progress in life start to dampen. So keep it till your last day on earth. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the main thing that needs to be taken away from maintaining an underdog mentality is maintaining it when you're no longer the underdog, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, forget about goals and all these things. It's like when you have a proven track record of whatever space you're in, whether you're a speaker, whether you're in corporate and you just scaled up to the C-suite, whether you're an, an author and you hit New York Times, Wall Street Journal, um, U.S. Weekly, whatever top list, the list really does go on, right? When you can continuously maintain the fact that you are an underdog and act like that, that right there is when you're golden. I think that's the hardest thing. And obviously, we'll we'll dive into that more and more how to do so. And obviously, all of us at this table have achieved success in our own right. So it's going to be very interesting to dive into that. But I'm curious to hear from the both of you, Ann and Steve. Yeah, I think uh, under, underdog mentality goes hand in hand really with having a chip on your shoulder. And that's not a bad thing necessarily. Uh, People might take that as a negative. I do not at all. Um, I would say with my job that I work in medical devices, my manager only hires people that have, that he feels have a chip on their shoulder because they have something to prove and they're going to work extra hard to prove everyone wrong and prove themselves right. So when you have that extra motivation of, you know what? Not only do I want to prove to the world what my worth is, more so I want to prove to myself that I know I'm right. I know I can hit these goals because I believe in me and that's all I need. And if you take a chance on me, I'm going to, I'm going to make you look right because right. I, I want I in turn want to be right. So he actually told me I got hired because of that reason. I was at a job for a year and a half. Um, I just I knew it was not appreciated that job whatsoever. Uh, it's a whole nother story. But um, in my interview, he said on interview number one, I knew I wanted to hire you because you wanted so badly to show your talents and you were in a situation where you could not showcase those talents. So because I recognize that in you, I'm like, this is the guy for the job. So when people see that quality, that underdog mentality or that chip on your shoulder, I would stay out of their way because they're going to get it. They're going to find a way to get it done one way or the other. Um 
I also think too, like that's what really makes, for example, the UFC so compelling to me is because you have these guys that fight their whole lives and they train. And once they, a lot of times, if you really look at like the track records, once somebody gains the belt and they are at the top, they, whether they know it or not, they lose an edge to some degree. That's why the UFC has, has had historically a little bit of trouble in having household names because for the most part, those guys get dethroned real quick because they do lose that underdog mentality. They get a little bit comfortable and they lose that slight edge. It's all about who's hungrier. Right. I think that's, I mean, for those that follow me on social media, I just put out a video on underdog mentality and courtesy of Ant, that video happened. We were down in Tampa. We had to uh, make some magic happen. I I really shouldn't say we, it was really Ant that made the magic happen in regards to reversing little boats that we were on to make sure, you know, placement was perfect and things of that nature. And, um, you know, in regards to what you said about the UFC, a couple of the points that I was alluding to in that video, number one is like when a a sport figure, and I'm not just going to say baseball, but I see this in baseball a lot more than any other sport because they also get paid the most. But in baseball, when an individual gets fucking paid and we know they get paid a shit ton of money, they often fall off to a certain degree. You know, they go into a slump to some, you know, to some degree it's because they lost their edge. They lost that underdog mentality. We also see it in the music industry. And although I was corrected by a few individuals for the, you know, the example I gave, I'm still going to give it because I still believe it's personally true. And I don't want to give the example off the, you know, fuck it. I'm gonna Fetty Wap came out with some bangers and then all of a sudden just totally fell off. A lot of people will say, hey, he didn't want to put out music because of the record label he signed to. But if you were truly passionate about what you were doing anyway, I feel like you should, you still should have been doing that regardless. So I'm going to use that example. I feel like he lost his edge. He lost his underdog mentality because he started making money off the fucking songs. He started getting performances all over the country, maybe even the world. I really don't know. So don't quote me on that. But I felt like he personally lost his underdog mentality. And there's a million more people. So I don't want Fetty Wap to fucking come at me now. But um, that was just someone off, <laughs> that was someone off the top of the head. But um, it's it's funny you bring up that whole UFC thing. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. And we see it countless times over over and over in different scenarios. Well, look at Ronda Rousey. As soon as she started to g- gain traction in the minds of people that weren't really even big UFC fighters, what happened? She right. got her ass beat. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. That's what happened. Right. Even McGregor too, man. Granted, he's making a, a, a grand comeback right now. Or even uh, Chuck Liddell. When UFC was on the up and like, this is our guy, he got beat. And that's because the person right underneath him was like, yeah, this is the number one guy in line. I'm going to take him down. And he just got slightly more comfortable than the person that was trying to replace him. You can regain your underdog mentality. For instance, I just mentioned in the beginning of the show how I completely lost mine for at least a year and a half in full transparency. When I was working with Damon, dude, I, I literally thought I was the shit. And I hate to say it like that, but when you're in proximity of someone like that, you're you're making money, you're getting experience with someone like that, you're getting opportunity because you're in proximity of someone like that. It's almost hard not to. You know, the ego is just continuously boosted, continuously boosted. You're experiencing new things. You don't realize it. You don't realize mm-hmm. it. You don't realize it because you get caught up in the fucking moment, dude. That's when I realized, like, yo, dude, like, you lost your underdog mentality. Like, you lost your hustle in a way. 
And that right there was the whole, hey, dude, like, get your shit together. And now things are a lot different. But it just like Connor did, you 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 can regain it back. So I do want to point that out, you know? Mm-hmm. As, as soon as we came up with this topic, I had a couple thoughts instantly in my head. And I wrote, comfortability, comfortability equals no gain, no chip, no effort. Right. When you're uncomfortable, you want to progress. And it's funny. It's going to be a Drake quote, but he said, somebody told me I fell off. Ooh, I needed that. I posted that on Twitter once. So Sometimes it there. takes you as a, a man, a woman, a person to know that you fell off your shit. Right. To come back and be what you want to be. And it and it's not easy to grasp it because you don't want to know that you fell off. Yo, do me a favor, sing the the Drake line real quick. Somebody tell sing it, not no, talk it. Not. Sing it. I need to hear you sing it. Somebody told me I fell off. Ooh, I needed that. And that may or may not be any better than he said it himself. Better, but much better. I feel like it was. It, that's true. Yeah. You could you could be grinding, you can be doing your thing. Then you get comfortable. Right. When you get comfortable, that's when you lose it. Yep. You lose that chip. You lose that mentality. You lose that drive. And, and that's that's why people then are in a different position than they are previously. And the reason that would sting when you hear that is because a part a part of you knows that it's true. Oh yeah, it is true. It's just hard to swallow. Right. It's a tough pill to fucking swallow. That's for damn sure. Comfortable being comfortable is, you know, not everybody's cup of tea, especially for a high performer. But can you survive being comfortable? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Look at ninety nine percent of the planet. So I just want to point that out. But. Think about all the uber successful people out there. Think about Jeff Bezos. Think about Mark Zuckerberg. Think about Steve Jobs. Think about Elon Musk. Okay. There's a lot of successful people out there in the world. And we only see the biggest of the titans, social media, news, this and that. There's millions of successful people out there. But what separates them from those guys that I previously mentioned? It's the underdog mentality. Jeff Bezos could have sold Amazon years ago. Been a billionaire 10 times over. He stayed with the company. He's going through ridicule. Mark he stayed Zuckerberg. with his wife too. And now yeah. look what happened. He's still the richest motherfucker in the world. She's, exactly. the, she's the richest motherfucker off divorce. <laughs> yeah. Just ever. 100%. Mark Zuckerberg gets ridiculed constantly. Uh, I'm not going to go into the depths of it, but he gets ridiculed constantly by the government, this and that. He's still with it. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, hey, I'm going to toss this off. So ask yourself a question. Why am I even saying this? It's because why... Would he even want to do that? His goal was bigger than money. His goal was, you know, what can I be? What can I do for the world? And when you see somebody that, let's say, like their goal was, oh, I just want to make a hundred thousand, and they make it, okay, cool. That's when they stop working. And you get to see what was that person's why, even if they didn't tell you. I, I could tell somebody's why based on if they keep going or if they start to slow down. There's a very fine line between that. So the most influential band of all time, many would say, are the Beatles. Why? Because they constantly reinvented themselves. They constantly changed up their sound. 
They constantly came up with new instruments that on the other side of the world that no one had ever heard of. They were using the sitar, things that no one in, in pop culture America at the time in the 60s had ever been exposed to. And that's because when you continue to evolve and have new goals to strive for, you keep things interesting. After you hit that goal, it's not like, okay, game over. Now I'm going to chill. You can. That's why people don't stay retired for that long. It's because once you reach that peak, you have to do something to keep yourself sane. And that's why we recognize it one way or the other is when we do hit those goals, the work doesn't stop there. It's like, okay, what's next? And if you, if you don't constantly have that what's next question in your mind, you're going to feel like you're at a standstill. And then you're going to start to feel like, all right, I am falling off. I am slipping and you have to have that next step. The thing with having the next step though, and this is from my personal experience here, if you can still lose your underdog mentality and still have that what's next step, but that what what net what's next step can be the wrong next step. Meaning it can be an ego-based next step. And what I personally realized I was doing was feeding my external more than my internal in regards to I was making moves that would continuously make me feel like I was the shit, meaning I didn't have to have that underdog mentality. You know, I didn't have that inside fire burning because my external fire was burning. And that shit goes out a lot quicker than the internal one. Having that next step mentality could also almost be the wrong thing in a way. So Matt... (laughs) By the way, it's 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 we're laughing because fucking Stevie Schoolgirls over here raised his hand to jump into the conversation. I just want to point out that we're four dudes talking at a table on a Saturday night with wine and fucking vodka, and he's over here raising his hand and playing with his fucking skirt. I'm trying to make my boys' podcast flawless. So if someone saw my hand where we're not being videoed, and I could have the next take, take perfect. (laughs) It would be a little bit more flawless, so yeah. my boy doesn't have to do some edits. So I'm I, not editing this, bro. I, I do this think, is raw. I do think it's some courteous shit that only the people sitting no. behind the mic know. You're courteous, motherfucker. Everyone listening. So, do you think that there's some correlation to what you just said, Matt, about keeping the underdog mentality equating to staying humble? That's, I think, the key. I literally think that's the key and you can maintain a level of being humble also while feeding the external, but ultimately making sure your progress bar of being humble is 100%. It's a major fucking key. I think not thinking you're above anyone else. Like, dude, that's the thing. Joe, I'm about to be 35, but I I have no problem in saying this as well. I shoveled snow in my neighborhood until I was about 25. I didn't care. I was like, oh, it's shoveling, make a little extra pocket money. That's the thing. Yo, let me ask you this, Ann. Let me ask all of you. This is the question that came into my mind today. Would you rather be ashamed you're broke or ashamed you're doing something Mm. to make sure you're good? Oof. That popped in my mind today, and I was never broke, but don't get me wrong, when you're an entrepreneur, there's times where you have to do what you gotta do. You might, for me, I had 62 pairs of sneakers. Did I need 62 pairs of sneakers? No. So I might've sold 10, right? But those 10 got me fucking, you know, $400 each. 
You know, so that's a lot of money. That's four thousand dollars. I think you brought sixty-two pairs of sneakers at the weekend Tampa trip that we just. Took. I, I I might have. <laughs> I literally might it's have. Like, bring so many sneakers. But you really got to think about that. It's like, would you rather be ashamed that you are doing something that you maybe look at in a negative light? Or maybe look at, maybe look down on because you think you're better than it. Or would you rather be broke? Would you rather be fucking upset? Would Would you rather be unhappy? Like you got to balance the two out. For me, it was a no brainer. It's like, yo, I'd rather be fucking good. Like I'd rather know I'm good. And I, I feel so pumped up saying that because that's the mindset now. You know, it's just like I. I'm so excited to say that I fucking tapped back into that underdog mentality. That's why I'm, I'm pumped for this topic. You know, when we were doing that shit in Tampa, dude, like you said it yourself, like I had no script. It was just off the top of my head. I knew what I wanted to talk about because it was what I was going through in that moment. It was what I was experiencing over the course of X amount of weeks. You know, this really occurred. I want to say right at the end of December going into 2020, like I knew I was making this transitional period in my life and it's just been on the mind. So it, it just flowed like this. It was, it was clockwork. You know, that's what it was. Well, so the other thing is if it bothers you that other people are seeing you do something that maybe you wouldn't have done had you been in this situation, you've already come out of your underdog mentality. Okay. If delivering pizza is an issue, then this... That's bigger. That's telling you first, I'm out of my underdog mentality because I'm too good to be doing that. I'm too good for people to know that I'm doing that. When the truth is, who cares? Because the underdog doesn't think that way. The underdog just does whatever they can to get to that next exactly. level. Exactly. Um, the other thing is that being an underdog too, I think the reason why when my, when I first slipped out at one point of a little underdog mentality and then I had a little self-kick in the ass, it's underdog mentality for me too. It's linked to humbleness, linked to your why, but it's linked to your personal growth as well. Because I look at an underdog mentality like a staircase. When I first started, before I reached the first step, I was gung-ho. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get on the staircase number one, okay? Now I hit staircase number one, and I still have that underdog mentality, but now I have to look at my personal growth a little bit differently. So I have to now tell myself, Phil, you getting from the floor to step number one means jack fucking shit. Right. And you need to do whatever you have to do to get to stair number two. And I'm now I'm starting to evolve a little bit. Like you're, the story you just said, you evolved. That's big personal growth for you to have that self-realization. So every single stair you go up, have a self-realization of how to get to the next one. And another thing too is that, guys, sometimes this happened to me with nightlife. Sometimes when you have the underdog mentality, I had the underdog mentality big time. These guys were involved with us and we killed it. But I started to see a little bit of a ceiling to how big I could grow this. And this is what happens when you have an underdog mentality and just to see that ceiling, you could either stay there at that ceiling and pretend like everything's good and I know my shit. And when people question you, yo, I'm good, I'm good, I'm still doing it. Or you can have the self-realization to realize I'm about to hit a ceiling. So if I can't burst this ceiling, maybe I have to open up my eyes, pivot slightly to the left, slightly to the right, and bust a whole new fucking ceiling and get to a whole new a whole new step. So with us in clubs, I realized that ceiling was hit and I'm like, all right, what can I do next? Or what could you do next coming out of Damon to you know crush that ceiling, you know, the podcast, your business, your this. So it's not just always staying like you know inside this one business-minded tunnel. 
because guys, sometimes you will hit the max in that and you mm-hmm. have that underdog mentality in a pivot to hit your next ceiling right. and keep going and keep going. And that, that's all, that's what these guys do. Elon Musk has a space company. He's got Tesla. He had PayPal. Hit the ceiling, got fucking pivoted, went to the next one. Right. You know? So that's, that's, that's huge. I think for, for, for this mindset. Uh, um- book that I just want to throw out there that's really big. You mentioned ceilings and that was something that I personally hit multiple times um, in in multiple different areas of my life. Love, um, you know, in relationships, finances, business, personal development, all of that stuff. Um, And I can give examples for literally all of them, but we don't need to get into that much detail. I want to give you a recommendation for a book that I realize drastically can change your life. It's called The Big Leap. It's by Gay Hendricks. He's actually on this show. We haven't recorded the episode just yet, but he is hopping on here in the coming weeks. And I want you to be on the lookout for that as well. And I'm not going to give it away. I really want you to check out the book because it's life-changing. It was recommended to me by my coach. And it will tell you how to alleviate the hitting of the ceiling. And we all have them. I mean, I, I could go on for days about this like I personally literally seen my bank account go from and this is at 18 19 20 21 22 10,000 to zero 20,000 to zero 30,000 to zero not necessarily zero but close enough to zero where I claim zero and it was because I was hitting a ceiling every single time every single time I was hitting a ceiling if I'm with a girl and I say something stupid in the wrong situation it's because I was hitting a ceiling right like it's And this is just me being raw and transparent on the show. It's just those are ceilings. And we always think, well, that's not us or whatever the case is. They're really not. You could break through them like you're saying, but there's work to be done. So I and I think and I recommended that book to you, Phil. I think I recommended it to you as well. It's a really, really good book. I highly suggest it. So everything everyone's saying at this table so far basically really just means like you're doing things you don't want to do that – Others might consider beneath them, but you're doing it. You don't care how you're being perceived. That just translates to building character. Because when you're doing things for personal growth and you're looking at like, all right, I'm getting a little bit better on a daily basis. And other people are like, ah, oh, man, you're you're doing this really? Like, why? And, and they're questioning, like, they're making you look crazy. Like, why are you doing all this stuff when you could be doing something else? But... You have that drive within you that's like pushing you further and further and you right. can't even like explain it and maybe no one will get it aside. From, you might not even get it while you're doing it. But what that's really just called at the end of the day is is it's self-growth and, and like I said, building character, which uh, I, I think, you know, you might be doing things a lot of times and, and really not being able to put your finger on why you're doing it, but you just know that it feels right. And you feel like you're propelling forward. And that's what life is, man. Every day, like you're not going to have the best day of your life every single day. But if you move the needle a little bit forward, then you're better than, and you can claim that you're better than you were yesterday. You're going to hit your goals faster than you can ever imagine that way. Right. And the biggest thing that we need to do in this time, this day and age is who cares? Right. With social media, People's opinions, likes, dislikes, comments, who cares? If you are moving that needle forward in your life, you're doing you. The opinions, the comments, anything else from another human being, 
does not matter if you're able to take that and move forward and not let that affect you, which is hard. It's it's not easy. I'm not saying that it's easy because I struggle with it. We all do. I'm sure, do, man. I'm sure everybody at this table, everybody that's listening, it is so hard not to take somebody's opinion, someone's comments, someone's words of advice on a personal level. Dude, we were just in Tampa, Ann and I, and I... I literally looked at him. I'm like, dude, how are you not on your phone? Like, he wasn't on his phone the whole trip. I was on my phone, bro. We were flexing the entire t- the entire time. Me, I'm over here. I'm like, yo, I gotta record this. I gotta record this. We're on a boat. I'm like, yo, I'm the fucking <laughs> captain now. Like, yo, saying the dumbest shit. And I'm like, yo, bro, like, who am I doing this for? At I the told end of the day, you, we, you were we, saying dumb shit. No, no. <laughs> he, was, he was about to hit it. He was about to hit it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go for continue, it. continue. You're about to hit it. What was I going to say? You I was were saying you were doing dumb shit. No, no, we all get caught up in it. We all yeah. get caught up in it. Like, literally, all of us, 100%. So, Steve said earlier, like, who cares? So, it just sparked in my mind. Steve kept saying, like, who cares? So, when you're true to yourself and you put out there who you really are, then you find out who cares. Right. And you'll find out who doesn't care, but fuck them because you don't really need them anyways. Because who cares? Because who cares? Seriously, <laughs> right. exactly. When you find the few that do, forget about the many or the few that don't care. You find your tribe that way when you put right. out the vibes of who you truly are. Yeah, you don't want to build a fake tribe. You want you want to build genuine fucking community. Fake tribe doesn't have your back when it's time to go for war. Right, right. Primal so, shit. Another thing that is crucial to the underdog mentality, so fucking crucial is that think about this guys when you start out with absolutely nothing no one knows you you have no success to your name or anything or any perceived success you go for it because you have nothing to lose the minute you gain something you start to regress because now instead of thinking what can i make of this what can i potentially lose by going forward with this so for instance you guys go out and you make your first 100,000. Instead of saying, how can I make my next million 10xing that, you're saying, how can I keep the 100,000? And that playing small mindset right. is a scarcity mindset. That's what happens all the time. If you kept the underdog mindset, like I said, from zero to 99, you would just keep flying. You'd be leaping. But instead of what do I have to gain, it's how can I keep what I have? You go into conservation mode instead of abundance mode. So guys, that is the number one pe- number one reason why people hit it fast, but then stay there. They get stuck. And that goes back to everything we said before about character, about why did you get in this in the first place? If you got in, if you got in it for the reason of how big can I potentially be, we're going to see that. And, and I also want to say this too. I'm not saying everyone on this, listening to this podcast needs to be the person that never stops and keeps going to the 99. Listen, do you. You do whatever you want. But if in your heart you know you want to keep growing, uh, do not let a little bit of success stop you. Because success actually is what makes you come out of the underdog and it keeps you small. It keeps you playing small. stops you from being who you really could be. And there's something to be said about maintaining momentum. So at our company, that uh, the company I work at, the highest honor you can hit is called the master's award. And it's when you maintain the highest level of sales over a two year period of time, which I think is genius because what they think is like, all right, anyone can have a great year, 
but to maintain that and keep it going for a second year as the highest honor there there is, which by the way, for the record, I came in fucking second place for that and it still bugs me to this day. Biggest defeat of my life thus far, but you ask him fucking second place on that. But what does that do? Does that that fuels you? That gives you that underdog mentality. It did, and I said, and not for nothing. I think everyone at this table, the reason that everyone's able to come up with things and shoot from the hip is because it's so near and dear to our hearts. It's so personal to us because we have that, and we've all been there. We've all lost it, and we've all gotten back. So it's human nature. It's natural. But how many people? hit their goals. Like I want to buy a house one day. They get the house and they really never do anything again after that. Like that's it. Um, when I get my fucking place in Tampa, bro, I'm going hard. Tampa podcast. Tampa podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It needs to be a bum this small guys. Like if you kept that same desire when you had nothing and no one knew about you, now you have a few followers on Instagram. You don't have to care what people think. You have a couple of dollars in the bank. You care what you could potentially lose. Once again, it goes all back to scarcity. If you, if you kept that same exact mentality the whole entire time throughout your life, I mean, like where you would go would be – it would be unparalleled. So I think the problem is you grow as a person and you evolve, right? So you're not the same person you were that – when you first set the goal, now you're this different dude. And now you have to get back in and your mentality has shifted and you have to almost like backtrack your mind. And what we went back to earlier, you have to humble yourself and you have to like, right. you'd be like, okay, take it back a few notches. And it's very easy to get caught up and be like, shit, man, things are going great. I feel amazing right now. And, and you should feel that victory, but you just can't live there for too long. If you live there for too long, you lose your edge. To give you guys a little bit of a visual, pretend you just started and obviously you got the floor underneath your feet and you're visually looking at, you know, how big you could be looking at the clouds and now you hit a little bit of success. So you guys just went up like 30 feet of stairs and you're saying to yourself, I could keep going up this elevator or I could, I could try to conserve the 30 feet that I'm already up in the air. So the floor is 30 feet below you. This is your success level, right? What you should do is bring the floor up with you. Make that 30 foot, now your new baseline. So instead of zero, make that there. Then when you hit the next goal, you're at 100 feet. That's the floor again. I can't go any lower because I'm already here. Make that your new baseline. But when you keep looking at how far I could drop below, you're always going to keep looking at your feet that up to your goals. Damn. I like that. <laughs> no, it's powerful. Yeah. It's it's a, a good vision to, to keep yourself humble, accountable, and... Just because you made it to X level, that's the baseline. So you're not going to go below it. But now that you're there, how can you get higher? If you were to put into the perfect formula how to maintain an under, underdog mentality, what do you think that would be? Underdog mentality, maintain. Uh, Stay hungry. I mean, In the perfect formula, what does this formula look like? It, it, uh, so... Uh, this, this that's thing, hard. That's there may hard. be a lot of differentiating opinions on this, but the one that has worked for me. Well, the give best, me yours, bro. The one that has worked for me the best is this: there is no definitive needle that I'm hitting. I'll explain. When I start out, everybody puts a preimposed needle in front of them. You know, I move the, the needle a little bit every single day, and eventually, I move the needle enough, I hit my target. Right. But what happens is, once you hit that target, now it's like 
what do I have to work for anymore? And a lot of people don't actually sit there and recalibrate it to a new target and stretch it to the next level. They actually just are so concerned, so overjealous of hitting that target that they stay there. So for me, what I actually do is I actually don't hit a needle because as I'm getting close to the needle, I keep moving it further in the distance. That doesn't mean that I don't celebrate my victories. I do. I just don't live in them. Mm. So I keep moving the needle and... I, I got this from Tiger Woods, actually, because Tiger Woods didn't win all the Masters he did, all the championships he did, by saying, I'm just going to win this many PGA Tour wins and then stop. He, he actually said it in an interview. He said, I keep moving the needle. As I perceive I'm getting closer, I space it out in front of me. And it what that is, that's a relentless mentality to uh, keep hitting a goal that you know you won't hit. That's a greatness, relentless mentality. I'm not saying I do it perfect. I'm just trying to take what I see somebody do and put it in my own context. So I, I think it's to answer your question, how do you keep it? You never think you got there. You always think that there is something more and a greater version for you to do. You celebrate happiness and smiles as you get there. And usually if you're doing it right, you won't have to pat yourself on the back because other people will gladly say to you, I love what you're doing. I'm about what you're doing. So you won't have to self-impose and pat yourself because they're going to say it. And then that just fuels you even more to keep going. So we asked this question on the last podcast that we recorded before we started recording this one. How do you be grateful for what you've achieved yet keep a hunger to never settle. Cause I feel like that's what you're getting at here. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and, and it's not easy by any means for me. There's, there's times where I'm just, I'm either a way too hype for what I just accomplished or I accomplished something and I'm, and people are around me patting me on the back and I'm just like, okay, that's regular. Oh my God, you got this person on your podcast. Oh my God, you're working with Damon John. Oh my God, you're speaking in this state. Just like, okay, it's fucking regular, you know? So, uh, regular for you, dude, not for everyone else. Yeah, because right. you know why? Because of this word, standards. Mm. Your standards are different than other people's. Doesn't make it a good or a bad thing, yeah. but your standards are different. So, some, someone else's, what you just did, got Dean Grazioso on your podcast, like for someone else, oh, man, I could die right now and I live good. And for you, it's like, okay, next. Regular, yeah, yeah, like, right. what is it? Standards. But I'm not going to say by any means that I made this up. I got this from a guy I love, Ed Milet, but he talked about the term blissful dissatisfaction and that's what it is. He, he says all the time, he says, you can still be happy, aka blissful, but still dissatisfied in the same exact moment. What that means is, you know, Matt, that you have a goal of, let's say, hitting a million downloads on this podcast, one billion downloads on this podcast. You can still be happy in the moment, aka blissful and, and grateful, but still be dissatisfied. Just being happy doesn't mean that you're done. I think that that's, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Happiness doesn't mean done. Happiness right. means I'm happy, but I'm still going. So right. if you can maintain that balance, like actually it's going to fuel you even further. Your happiness will drive you, you know, to, to where you want to get to. Right. And, and for me, I would say you'll never know everything. So as, as good as you feel in your job, in your life, in your situation, like don't, don't feel content enough to, to stop. 
And, and for me, that's one of the biggest things. Um, you have to be a, uh, be a sponge. You have to absorb. One of the biggest things also too, like in an interview, I, I say I'm adaptive. If I don't know something, I'm going to be adaptive. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to absorb. I'm going to try to do whatever I can to be what you need me to be, what I need to be for you. If you're uh, narrow-minded and and you have your blinders on and you think you're the shit, you will not, by default, learn more than you already do. Right. And that holds you back. And that will keep you from being the underdog because the underdog thinks they're behind. And that's what gives them that drive. That's what gives them that extra kick in the ass to do a little bit more than they think is needed from the person who's content. Not just showing up, but actually going above and beyond. Don't show up. Go to work. I don't want to cut you off, man. I know you're about to go on air, but like... Other thing too is, guys, surround yourself with other people who have the underdog mindset. That doesn't always help, though, bro. It, it really doesn't. I mean, just from my personal perspective, I mean, I, I can literally think back to a time where I, I see myself losing my underdog mentality. And I think the, the best time to allude to that is when I was graduating college. I was an intern with Damon and I turned that internship into a job. In that moment of transitioning, I lost my underdog mentality because I achieved a goal and I never recalibrated that goal. I never said I wanted to go from X position to XYZ position. I never said I wanted to do more than what I achieved in that sense. Granted, of course I was because we're all go-getters at this table. You know, we're all striving for more, but I never recalibrated. Right. But that doesn't mean I wasn't surrounded by you. It doesn't mean I wasn't surrounded. We were we've been boys for years, you know. So, um, yes, it helps in a way. But at the same time, it it also doesn't. As an individual, you have to turn it on. As an individual, you have to turn it on. Don't get me wrong. You guys as magnets, of course, were pulling me more and more closer to what I ideally wanted in life. Yes, that helped. But at the same time, I almost was a magnet that was pulling the other way. So it's not like you guys were ever pulling dead weight. If you were, I'm sure you would have cut me off. But in that sense, I was resisting in a way, yet I was still moving forward. I just wasn't, you know, like this. And you, you make a really good point because uh, what you just mentioned was you had on the dog people around you, but you started to come out of the on the dog mentality slightly. And uh, what happened was you can have on the dog people around you, but if you come out of it, like you said, uh, you got, it's not a magnet no more. You're actually doing the resistance work. But if you have to stay in it, if you stayed in it and had us around you as well, and by the way, we didn't know because you always look like you were doing it to us, right? You know, and that's why you actually gotta speak with your friends openly and you know not not come from an ego based thing. Like actually talk to them and your boys. But yeah, you have to stay in it yourself. So it's just like accountability. Like your your friends can't do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Right, and that's why the the term "fake it till you make it." always doesn't work it never works bro that should never work you you can't fake it sometimes you know sometimes you you literally have to be raw you have to come come to your friends come to the people that you can talk to 
and take that next step forward. Because sometimes if you're trying to fake it, you're actually taking two or three steps backwards while even though you're in that group of people that are, you know, progressing, quote unquote, underdog mentality that are fighting to keep moving forward. And if you're not being true to yourself and you're not being true to that group of people that are in that situation, you're going to find yourself falling behind and that's not going to set you in that upward direction. Like you in a mindset, you can tell yourself that, you know, I'm going to quote unquote, fake it till you make it. But that literally doesn't equate to you doing things like faking it till you making it is, is, trying to take a shortcut, trying to take the lazy way, trying to do everything, but actually being true to yourself. Because if you're true to yourself, I don't think you're faking it. You're actually taking, you know, A, B, C steps to the goal. Right. Well, you were just saying this about your friends, and I think this is commonly said about companies and hiring, but it's, the, the quote is, be slow to hire and quick to fire. I agree with that. Be slow to hire and quick to fire with the people within your circle more right. than anything. You know, you want to be a the type of person that you're so and everyone is here. And if you're listening as well, you're a type of individual that's trying to improve your own network and, and you're big on, on self-improvement and growth. So you want to just let as many people in as possible, sure. But if they're not serving you and and there are going to be a negative force in your life, cut them out of your life. Like a lot of times, and I've been guilty of it, I'm sure we all have, is we hang on to people from the past that, ah, oh, but I know them since I've been 12. I know them since I've been eight years old. But yet every time you're with them, they're like, you know, they're not helping you grow. If anything, they're setting you back. Right. You can still be cool with those people. But you don't have to completely get rid of them and say, hey, I'll never see you again. But, you know, maybe at a social gathering, you'll see them, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll you know, have a beer with them, whatever. But I, I really think that's crucial as well because um, it's very easy to go onto somebody's level because when, they, you know, and also people too. You know, don't let people talk you up either. It's very easy to be like, oh, man, you're, you're doing really well with yourself and, and good for you, man. Wow, you're, you're this hot shot. <laughs> they might not say those words necessarily, but they can also make you like feel comfortable. too comfortable. Yeah. Whereas when you're with people that constantly just raise the bar. You know, those the people that really get it, the people that live the lives that we read books about and watch movies about, they're always reinventing themselves. And that's where I was getting at earlier in the episode is, you know, I alluded to the Beatles, you know, uh, and we talked about underdog mentality. What makes somebody unique? What gives them that edge? I mentioned the Beatles reinvent themselves and you can even give more, you know, uh, different examples and different genres of like Madonna. Lady Gaga, always Tiesto. pushing the envelope. Yeah, man, Tiesto, sure, hell yeah, Tiesto. Jay-Z, I mean, look where Jay-Z was. You know, Jay-Z was a drug dealer, you know? He started off as that. And he became 60 State Street, bro. Hell, dude, like Jay-Z started off in the beginning before he's a Jay-Z that we know him today and the household name that Jay-Z is. Let's not forget, he started off pushing, like he was pushing drugs back in the day. Then he started his rap career and now we know him as this guy that's like one of the most successful business people out there. The man's married to one of the most beautiful women on earth, one of the most powerful women on earth. Sexy as fuck. Oh my God, no denying that. <laughs> 
But like that's talking that's that's reinventing and growing. That's not losing that underdog mentality. Because if if he lost the underdog mentality, he could just be like, "Yeah, I have a platinum record. I'm done. I yeah. did it." Like we've said before, and like you've alluded to earlier, Matt. How many of these guys put out hits and they're done? They feel accomplished and they hang it up and they get lazy. They lose that edge. So reinventing yourself, yeah, it's risky. Is you make yourself vulnerable, but it's the it's rewarding and it's the only way to really stay relevant and also grow. So the best way to sum up this episode is to maintain your inner drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> We're all thinking well, that. One of the, one of the best examples are one hit wonders. They make that first single that comes out and it literally blows up. Right, LFO. And then you never hear from them again. There is nothing but that one song that was a radio hit. Right. And nothing else. And boom. And and we don't know what else in the background played into that as that being their one and only thing. Sure. But there are plenty of artists in the music world that have put out that one banger we all know. And then you've never heard from them again. So my boy George Barnes corrected me the other day on this. He was like, yo, there's a lot more that goes into it. He started getting into intricate details. I'm like, bro, just respect it from the fucking overall perspective. But you're right. And I just want to throw out more examples so that Fetty Wap doesn't want to fucking kill me after this. But he won't see you, bro. He won't. <laughs> I mean, you have Red Cafe, you have uh, LFO, as you mentioned, like this. Chumba Wumba. Chub- I don't know who that is. That's, that's before your time. That's Hold before it, my time. <laughs> that's before my time. But there's there's really a lot of individuals in that regard. And, you know, Fetty, just to back you up one more time, Josh Hamilton signed a massive contract. No one heard from him again. He started doing crazy drugs. Um, so there's so ju- many instances. Yeah, th- there's a bunch, man. There's really a bunch. And you could look at all of them. Prince Fielder signed a massive contract, and he was done after that. Like, How many of those contracts actually work out? I can think of none. one, Max Scherzer. But, like, that's how bad is that that I can think of off the top of my head? Only one. one. Yeah. Really. Hopefully, Jacob DeGrom must go Mets. But not that many work out. Cutting that out. Let's go uh, fucking uh, Braves. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about it on the reverse end, though. Like, think about a guy like Tom Brady. Think about a guy like Jordan. So, Tom Brady didn't get into the NFL to win a Super Bowl. He got in to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Michael Jordan didn't want to, you know, win one championship. He wanted to be the greatest basketball player of all time. So, that contributes directly to their underdog mentality. Hitting the first target is not enough. It never was enough. It was not what they were coming into this to even want to do in the first place. And you know what, Phil? If you talk to Brady, right, and this guy, and correct me if I'm wrong, what's the number? Is he at six Super Bowls? He's won five. I'd be lying if, if I didn't. It's one of the. I was a Jets fan. Yeah. I try to block it out, so I don't yeah. know the exact number. But I guarantee you, when he is on the Decoding Success podcast, <laughs> Matt. Ask him directly, and he'll be like, of the Super Bowls, tell me which one stands out the most to you. I can almost guarantee you he'll be it, he'll say, It's the ones that I lost. It's the ones when I fucking lost to the Giants twice on miracle throws. It's when I lost to Philly. Nick Foles. That's the one. You know why? Because his expectation is to win. Yep. How many people's like when your standard is to win. And timeout. Just just shout out to Eli Manning because it was <laughs> it was two times. I'm a Giants fan. Like, this is getting cut out. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, Edit out. to come in, to come in there with that underdog mentality two times. You could have easily lost it after the first championship that you beat him. You might have just saved that part of this episode. I had to. I, I, that's my boy. I ride. I ride. Ride or die. I mean, man. Uh, think think about. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm just. I, I mean, it, it it all alludes to that underdog mentality where Patriots were undefeated, and you had no business being in that Super Bowl thinking that you were going to win. Yeah. And what happened? Against all odds, you won. And think about what the example that Ant just said. Think about this. Is this is pinpointing exactly what we've been talking about this whole time? Tom Brady's uh, mindset is to win. His mindset is how do I not lose? His mindset is I want to win. So I'm not playing to not lose, even though that sounds like a small little distinction. I'm playing to win. So that means I want to, you know, have my business catapult. Uh, I'm not playing so that I just get enough clients to survive. I pay my bills. I'm playing to make this thing the best thing it can be in its market. Dude, right. totally. And also, if you, I guarantee you, and I again, as a Jets fans, it, it pains me to keep bringing this guy up, but like I respect the hell out of him. If we had him right here and we're, we're shooting darts, you think he's like, ah, whatever, I'm just playing darts. I don't give a shit. No, he's playing darts with the intention to fucking win. Right. He wants to win no matter what he does, no matter what it is. Flip cup, darts, football, or the game of life. No matter what it is, his intention is, like you just said, to win. And he is the epitome of that example because he doesn't go into anything of, yeah, I hope this works out. It's never I hope it works out. He goes into everything with how can I separate myself from everyone and I think that comes full circle to the topic of this episode and having still with all those Super Bowl rings, with having a, 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 a supermodel, Victoria's Secret wife. Oh, yeah. This guy is the fucking man. And again, it pains me to say it, but he is the fucking man. And yet still, he has the underdog mentality. There's a million of them, man. Kobe. Yes. Rest of soul. R.I.P. Brady. Jordan, another one. Come on. He could have stopped after one. He didn't have to go into baseball. Then come back nonetheless. Come back again with the Wizards. Man, there's so many. Elon Musk is even an underdog, man. He, he cashed in with PayPal. He was good the rest of his life. Think about but, someone who beats cancer. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a fucking underdog, Perfect, man. man. Yeah, like that person's true. thing is not say their mindset is either I want to win. I'm going to beat this. Or, or I'll be a victim. Or I'll be a victim. Or, right. or I just hope not to lose, which means in cancer terms, hope to spend an extra year with my family. <clears throat> when to win means I hope to spend an extra 30 years with my family. Right. You know? Um, it's powerful. It's huge. And this all loops back to mindset. I read an article. I forget the number, so I don't want to quote it. But the majority of people, their mindset is just to live a comfortable life. And what does a comfortable life mean? It means what's my expenses? If my family's expenses are six thousand a month, how can I make six thousand? They actually hustle their fucking ass off to make the six thousand, but they never make more than that. Mm-hmm. The majority of Americans, because they they had the underdog up until that point of comfortability, and they never went past that. Is that was the only target they saw? Once again, right. that recalibration. I think we give uh, I think we give a lot of people a lot to think about at this point in this episode. So we're, we'll wrap it up right here. Let's keep this discussion going. You'll be able to connect with everyone, Phil, Steve, and myself through the show notes of this episode by finding our social handles all within there. And listen, 
Make sure you're reaching out to us because we would love to continue this conversation, hear your opinion, hear your thoughts, hear your personal perspective. So make sure you're connecting with us through the links in the show notes of this episode. If you haven't yet, leaving a rating and review would mean the absolute world to us as we want to continue to deliver you value directly to your ears, directly to wherever you are in this world nonetheless. And we promise to continue bringing you more roundtable discussions on top of interviews with some of the world's most successful individuals. So until next time, everyone. Be blessed. Peace.